Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another Mojo Minute. So last week in Mojo Minute 212, we shared the experience of food addiction for one person, Susan Pierce Thompson. And we went on to say that food addiction is real. So to continue that line of thinking and to dig in even further and find out where the truth would take us, we did some research. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but way back in 2002, the fast food giant McDonald's was sued. A group of teenagers filed a lawsuit against the McDonald's fast food chain, claiming that the food was sold by McDonald's. It actually caused their obesity. The case was known as Pellman vs. McDonald's Corporation. It raised important questions about the responsibility of fast food companies for the health of their customers. Now, ultimately, the case was dismissed by then a quite liberal federal district court judge, Robert Sweet. As an example, Judge Sweet was known for his advocacy against the war on drugs. And so it was quite surprising that the case was dismissed on personal responsibility grounds. Judge Sweet saying, quote, the plaintiffs made a conscious decision to consume McDonald's foods and that they could not blame the company for their own choices. End of quote. Ah, personal responsibility. Boy, to read that sounds like a relic from a bygone era. So where does personal responsibility come in when products are known to be addictive, though? That can be a very difficult question to wrestle with. Smartly, fast food companies understood this was a landmark legal case back in 2002, and their industry began implementing changes to their menus and marketing practices. And now we know the general public has access to some healthy options such as fruit and less sugary drinks at some fast food restaurants. So, okay, that's the fast food industry. Personal responsibility should lead us to say, if you want to eat healthy, ideally eating at fast food restaurants is not the pathway you want to be on. Certainly fast food restaurants serve a need. They're fast, they're convenient, and they're almost everywhere in the world now. But what if we want to change the question to what if most of our food products that are ingested with addictive additives, where does responsibility come in then? Most especially if grocery store food has also increased with sugar, salt, and fat. And when more and more additives that we can even try and pronounce, what does our addictive palates and brains do with those types of ingredients? Now, that's a much more interesting question. So with that, we turn to our guide and our author for today. 
Michael Moss, who wrote the book Hooked, Food, Free Will, and How Food Giants Exploit Our Addictions, wrote this book in 2021. And he also wrote a book way back in 2013 called Salt, Sugar, and Fat. In fact, let's pick up the book Hooked, again written in 2021, on how Michael got to this book from his 2013 publication. Go on to the book. I came to the question of food and addiction inadvertently with the 2013 publication of my book, Salt, Sugar, Fat. In it, I argued that grocery manufacturers were competing with fast food giants in a race to the bottom that rewarded profits over health. Over the past four decades, salt, sugar, and fat had enabled the industries to engineer products that were immensely alluring. Brilliant marketing campaigns pushed the emotional buttons that convinced us to eat when we weren't even hungry. Yet the book tried to end on a hopeful note. Knowing all the companies did to prop up their unwholesome products, I argued was oddly empowering. We could use that insight to make better choices because ultimately we were the ones deciding what to buy and how much to eat. Then came the media interviews. My optimism was challenged when reporters asked, but aren't these products addictive light drugs? I hemmed and I hauled, not knowing the answer, though aware that the implications could be huge. If food was addictive like cocaine or heroin or even cigarettes and gin, that would certainly inhibit our ability to decide what to buy and how much to eat. No matter how much I, I knew, no matter, I'm sorry, no matter how much we knew about the food company's machinations, their products would still have the edge. In the worst circumstances, we couldn't be deciding anything at all. The companies would own our choices and our own free will. So Michael did most of his research on these additives and their addiction properties. And rightly so. When you are searching for the truth, you tend to go where the evidence, in fact, leads you. So what does the word addictive mean? Like all things, when you get into the details, you have to define what the terms mean to understand where the argument is to be had. But nowadays, the world is always changing, in fact, what words mean, which is part of the problem in our culture because no one believes in an actual truth, objective truth. And that words should mean what they mean and be constant throughout the ages. But that's a different mojo minute for a different day. So what is the best definition of the word addictive? Let's go back to the book. Today, however, the purest definition and the one we'll use in this book comes from an unimpeachable source. As a leader in producing both cigarettes and mega brands of processed food, the manufacturing giant Philip Morris was, one could argue, intimate with addiction. In 2000, the year 2000, its CEO was pressed to define the word. And while the content, the context was smoking, the gem he came up with could apply to the company's groceries just as well. A, quote, repetitive behavior that some people find difficult to quit, 
unquote. That word some in that definition is key. For a substance to be cons- considered addictive, we don't have all we don't all have to fall hard for it. There are casual users of heroin, and there are people who can stop at a handful of potato chips. I'm not one. Addiction is a spectrum, and while the rest of us are landing somewhere between being mildly affected and fully ensnared. This insight comes to us from another group of uniquely qualified experts who, before turning their attention to food, had examined drugs and alcohol to establish their habit-forming nature. And for me, this was the most unsettling aspect of food addiction. I'd focus much of my recent work on holding the processed food companies accountable for getting us so dependent on their products. Yet it was now clear from these researchers that much of the explanation for why food is addictive lies entirely within us. We are quite plainly built that way. For starters, we don't need the harsh compounds found in drugs to get hooked on things. Our brain has its own slurry of chemicals that are exquisitely formulated to get us to act compulsively, a dopamine chief among them. Indeed, they're so good at directing our behavior that drugs are designed to mimic these native substances in our heads. It's true that, as measured by a stir in our neurology, not even Doritos jacked can muster the depth of cravings raised by, say, cocaine. But one hallmark of addiction is the spread with which substances hit the brain. And this puts the term fast food in a new light. Measured in milliseconds, the power to addict nothing is faster than processed food in rousing the brain. Let me repeat that again. Nothing is faster than processed food in rousing the brain. Addiction is also deeply enmeshed with memory, and the memories we create for food are typically stronger and longer lasting than any other substance. Holy smokes! Holy smokes is right. There is a lot to unpack there. First, did you catch these few lines? Quote, Yet now it was clear from the researchers that much of the explanation for why food is addictive lies entirely within us. We are quite plainly built that way. And then these two sentences, quote, for starters, we don't need the harsh chemicals found in drugs to get hooked on things. Our brain has its own slurry of chemicals that are exquisitely formulated to get us to act compulsively the dopamine chief among them. Now that is just nefarious, isn't it? That is food jujitsu, so to speak. Turning products into using our own dopamine receptors to become so overwhelmed that addiction is the only thing that can form. Strong addiction, evidently. Now that is certainly nefarious. One last point. And shame on me for this one. But did you know there was actually a product called Doritos Jacked? 
<laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Seriously, shame on me. I actually had to look it up. Doritos Jacked Ranch Dipped Hot Wings Flavored Tortilla Chips. Unbelievable. Evidently, they have been discontinued. And the parent company said because it was a lack of interest. But in doing the research for this Mojo Minute, I came across some 2,300 reviews of four and a half stars out of five or greater. Even one reviewer started out their comment in bold letters. Please bring these back with some I'm guessing about 15 exclamation points after it. The review went on to say these chips were a staple of my childhood. They are so good. So being capitalized again. They've got the perfect mix of spice and flavor. In my opinion, you rarely come across a flavor like this. These chips are different though. The review goes on and on ending with here are plea Doritos. Bring these back, all in capital letters as if they were shouting. Now, after reading this, I had to just chuckle to myself and say, boy, the addiction is strong with this one. Very strong. So in today's Mojo Minute, all kidding aside, we can conclusively agree with our author today and from his book that, quote, it's not so much that food is addictive, but rather that we by nature are drawn to eating and that the companies have changed the food, end quote. Yes, the companies have changed the food. They've reached the primal levels of our brains those areas where we act by instinct and sometimes compulsion instead of rationalization and clear thought. So to flourish in our 21st century manipulated world, let us perhaps grab an apple instead of a potato chip. Our brains and our bodies will thank us. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book, packed with the actual quotes from the book, 
to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.